Hello, and welcome to Iacon Underground Radio for the week of Haha April 20th, 2019. I'm Jen. Happy Easter Passover? I guess, yeah, happy Passover. <laughs> happy weed number. So as, as a very brief aside, so I've mentioned before being a big Linux nerd, and they had uh, version 4.19, uh, and they updated straight to 5.0, because they knew if they actually used 4.20, they would just never have anyone ever upgrade past that to 4.21, and I don't know if I matter <laughs> that they thought of that or that they were right. So... <laughs> well, man... <laughs> But fortunately, or maybe unfortunately, depending on your hobbies, uh, we we have no particularly weed-related Transformers news this week. Uh, just the regular boring kind of Transformers news. Uh, I uh, well, no, the closest I can relate is uh, we we have a well, we're getting a new toy from a character who has the munchies. No! Yay! He does have the munchies. It's true. Uh, yes. Were there any pictures of any other new ones with that, or was it just suddenly like... Um, And I feel like we've known about him. Yeah, I think we have known about him, but it's like... I think he was a toy fair. There's very little... There's very little news since the last time we did anything, not to mention all the toys news has come out, that I don't remember seeing pictures of the Gnaw, mm-hmm. and I forget who else is in his wave or whatever. In Cybertron, uh, what is it? Power of the Spark. Oh, did we know class. it was? Did we know it was called Power of the Shark? I mean, Spark. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe not. Do you do you remember I, I, Battle for the Shark? I, I remember Battle for the Spark vaguely enough. I, I, I think I have probably got it some. I feel movie. like I that, have to have mentioned that when we were covering Beast Machines oh, wait, on no, Stasis oh, Pod. Yeah, that was Beast Machines, yeah. That their Toy Fair promotional, like their press release, actually typoed it as Battle for the Shark. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing was, that year they did have a shark, so it was just all about I, him. I forgot that happened. No, that 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 is cool and yes. accidentally good. So, but yeah, it's it's a gnaw. He's warrior size, which is deluxe size, but it, he looks almost exactly like the one we got. That was a oh shit legend size. The last one. It, yeah, that's what I was of, thinking. Is he does just look a lot like the legends one. Yeah, so he's he's bigger and cheaper. He might be an entirely new molding, but like the design is almost exactly the same as the last littler one. And I will probably get them anyway because hell, more gnaws. I have, I think I have three of the little guys and mm-hmm. the original gnaw, and and there's always room for more. They're perfect army builders. They're, I mean, yeah, they're like them, and I don't know, not even Insecticons because with the Insecticons, at least they were characters first with. The Sharkticons, yeah. they were generics first, and then they just sort of gave one a name so they could release him as a toy. Yeah, they're, they're, they're like Insecticons, you can have more, but it's basically just three guys mm-hmm. who are all the leader. But but with, oh, no, it's like, just have an army of little mouths. They're so cute. Yes. I, I need to get you to watch the Cyberverse show at some point, though, because there's going to be another season. Well, no. 
I'm saving it because eventually we'll do it on the podcast. Yes. Years from now. Oh, oh. Hopefully it'll have a DVD Oh, release. man. There's a lot of R.I.D. No, no. We got to do it before that. We got to talk about it before that. It's very short. We can't possibly have, like, entire episodes around a 10-minute show. <laughs> oh, no. Are you kidding? I'm going to love editing those. Cheapest podcast or- ever. I mean, you you do remember that we spent three hours talking about Transformers movies. Well, yeah, but but, uh, while some of our um, Prime episodes are getting shorter, or the last few haven't been. So, yes, we will will get to the show at some point. And I say that because, of course, there being a toy of him makes me wonder if he's going to be on the show uh, for you know, what any of it is worth. It's not a really amazingly significant show. Uh, but it it's fun. Yeah, that's it's a show. It's definitely a show. It exists. It exists. Uh, apparently, Travis Knight is still up for making some more Transformers. Uh, somebody, yes, it- please let him do this. Give give him give him the Bumblebee money to make an, another few movies. It, they don't even have to be about Bumblebee. Pick any Transformer, make a movie about them. <gasps> make a movie about Any-bunch. Hound. Not like technically just Walter from the Big Lebowski Hound from the movies. I mean, like actual Hound. I'd I'd be okay with giving John Goodman more money, but you know, a character who's more like comic book toy any other media hound sure i was thinking like early g1 hound and by early g1 i mean the part of g1 that actually had hound in it before they had more fun characters to use like tracks (laughs) uh also related to bumblebee apparently there is now a uh Kaspersky Lab has a bumblebee themed mobile game up but it's only in russian Oh, the, uh, uh, uh. so uh, that interests me. That interests me about as much as all the like giant, like three hundred dollar perfect statues of Bumblebee and Megatron and all the other stuff. It's like it's neat that it exists. I don't care. But Although I, I think they're also making like model kits of all the Bumblebee Transformers. Ooh, somebody was doing that. That's pretty cool. I remember seeing like a Blitzwing. The uh well there there's uh was it Studio Three A that's doing the really big, super fancy, yeah, super expensive, basically the licensed third party stuff along the same yeah. lines as Flame Toys. Uh Flame Toys does have those IDW based model kits that they put out. Which has been kind mm-hmm. of amusing watching some of my friends who I guess never put together Gundam kits. Or <laughs> like, wow, there's this whole separate piece for the jointing that's softer plastic. I'm like, yes. Welcome to yeah. like circa 1997 Gundam technology. Yeah, I, I don't want to go back to building my own toys. It's, it's, well, if you're going to build my own toys, at least give me Lego so I can take them apart later. <laughs> build other things. Uh, the, the Bumblebee movie Japanese marketing stuff continues to be absolutely adorable. Uh, I definitely recommend following Bumblebee underscore JP on Twitter. Uh, they've got cute little videos and cartoons and stuff. It's pretty cute. Uh, so 
Ectotron is apparently showing up in some people's hands. Uh, it seems like probably people getting them through more questionable sources, uh, since I know at least one of the videos I saw online was clearly like someone running an English translation through a voice generator. So, uh, I weird probably this is like, people getting them in china uh but that's that's a it's a long trans uh long tradition of that in in transformer circles of random things being snuck out the back door of factories in china and making it to the internet uh at least these aren't just going on ebay for hundreds of dollars like they used to in the old days uh there is a picture and a pre-order that's gone up at one site uh, for a masterpiece Optimus Prime uh, with a Ghostbusters theme. Uh, I guess if oh, your uh, specific collecting niche is masterpiece Optimus Primes in other themes, like the Evangelion one. <laughs> or the various ones that are designed look like shoes, like one which is... Yellow with spots that I was tempted by because it looks like serval almost. <laughs> but it's also like $300, so no. Nope. That's not Masterpiece Prime, though, is it? I I think it was one of the Masterpiece Primes. Okay. Because I kind of like the idea of just, you know, it's it's like the whole Seeker thing. Just having the exact same toy, but in all of these, like, various other tie-in pulp, pop culture decos. Uh, also, as a side note, Aaron Archer <laughs> pointed out the the Ava Prime as one of the things where he had to explain to Takara that this is not what we're doing with the brand. Cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> and yet they keep doing it. Could you not? Uh, this Optimus specifically, the picture that's shown up for it is apparently actually somebody's fan digibash uh the website yeah, that put it up for pre-order, though, is in the UK, and it does seem to be more or less legit. Uh, so it may be that they... I don't know what level of, like, confirmation on something existing uh, they actually require before they take your 50-pound deposit for something, but uh, it may or may not be a thing that... Yeah, actually it, occurs. Well, it could be a thing, but it, it's probably not going to look like the, the Digibash somebody made up. It's probably just regular Optimus Prime or White Optimus Prime with, like, the logo stuck on him somewhere. Not anything extra fancy. Or somebody got confused, and this is just a British release of Ectotron. Yes. Yes. Speaking of things that are 50 currency, uh, GameStop does have Ectotron up for pre-sale. Uh, release date listed as, uh, let me see if I remember my month numbers, July 1st. Uh, so those should be showing up legitimately at some point in the next few months. Uh, so yeah, not a lot of news right now. Uh, my, my personal interest in Ectotron is definitely going to be driven by uh, how much this IDW comic makes it look like he is one of my favorite archetypes, the cutie. Uh, oh, oh, right. That That's, um, you can actually pre-order Transformers versus Ghostbusters now, or at least it's been added to my pull list at my comic okay, shop. Okay, good. Yes, tying into our uh, upcoming Stasis Pod episode where we uh, get to see Smokescreen for the first time, also a cutie. 
Uh, Ectotron looks like he is going to be a cutie, so I I might end up having to get him. Uh, yeah, not a lot of other news. Uh, Andrew Griffith posted some art tying into an upcoming issue of the Transformers ongoing, so he's gonna be pulled in for a little bit of that. Uh, you know, nothing like world shattering. Uh, I have seen, I've seen that, uh, BotBot Series 2 is definitely showing up in greater quantities throughout the U.S., uh, so if you haven't seen those yet, keep looking. Those should be showing up near you very soon. Uh, I found some of the bigger sets of them, but I haven't seen the blind pack ones myself. Uh, so yeah, that's about it for news. So, yeah, uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the reason we had to try to make our schedule work for this week's episode is that there is another issue of the comic, and we're going to discuss it. So, hey, David. Well, and and presumably after we discuss this comic, there will be added on us talking to Rob about the GoBots comic. Maybe at the end of this episode, if we can schedule time for that. Yeah. But yeah, um, the third issue of the Transformers comic just called Transformers, which it's nice to be back to the simple title, but it makes it very confusing. I mean, I guess it's like the comic itself has no other distinguishing characteristics, so you might as well. It's like it doesn't even have enough story to have a title. Like, what would you even call it? Yeah, I, I, it's like, okay. Going by, like, most comics or, well, cartoons or something general stories that are serialized by the third one usually you get like the hook there's a slight turn there's something interesting you're 90 minutes into a tv series mommy dies longer if it's really long so spoilers somebody dies spoilers for several year old anime some characters revealed to be some new show new character shows up something happens to grab you if if you weren't grabbed by the end of the first issue like there's a reveal at the end of the first issue which this hey brainstorm a character we knew before is dead by number three something should have happened not has anything happened in this comic other than oh brainstorm died off panel somebody shot at megatron but it was probably someone megatron actually hired to shoot it himself yeah probably but shit shit's so vague like I mean, we're getting more characters. We get... Okay. My biggest issue... With the first issue, it was fucking monkeys. I got to have emotion <laughs> about the fucking monkeys. What, I what long you get... for the days of... I long for the days of fuck the monkeys. Because this issue, Freud shows up? Why? I why, am... Why? I mean convinced hmm. that that was just the result of Googling Transformers Psychiatrist. I, well, one, why would you introduce Transformer Psychiatrist? Like, I, I mean, I do, it was in the last series, there were multiple psychiatrists, but like, that was an overarching thing. The other one's wiki page redirected to Primus, and that seemed a little loaded. No, I don't think his wiki page well, actually yeah. redirects to Primus, but. It, it's probably in the notes or something. Yes. But like, for, like, why would you bring back a character from the last series, a character, a non-toy character that James Roberts made up 
just to have an evil version of his good psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't either A, just make up your own character, B, like, there's a bunch of other Transformers that already exist and don't have a lot of shit to do. Dragon Perceptor, oh, he's a shrink now or something. Yeah. That's or a science. Sea Spray. Sea Spray's a shrink. He has something new to do I, other than bubble in the water. I feel like uh, Transformers scientists definitely fall into that same category as Marvel scientists. Yeah, they're all... They, they can build a robot. They can repair you. <laughs> Dr. Donald Blake can absolutely matter. build a robot duplicate of himself because he's a doctor. Yeah, and, and Transformers can do that too. Or option C... Why the fuck is there even a shrink? Why? why? Okay, they have a meeting. Like, oh, oh, Quake is is at like he's now a head or member of security for Megatron, and and oh, Quake is is a crazy guy. He loves to beat the shit out of people. Now, when they reveal this, unless this was this transmitted like all over Cybertron, it's just like Optimus, Ironhide, Prowl, and. Chromia watching this in a room, I thought this was like a security footage or something. Mm -hmm. There's no indication in the comic that I saw that, like, this was broadcast everywhere. Right. I mean, this... But maybe it was. I don't know. It seems like it must have been updated or something. And it does... I mean, I feel like the information... I mean, obviously, the reason he is there is because they wanted a psychiatrist character to appear and relay the psychiatric information about Quake. However, I yeah. feel like I, especially You could have easily done You could have like Chromia say that like she works with the psych lab at their Cybertronian cop section and she knows or something. Yeah, what I was gonna say what, what does is she do? I definitely feel um, like there's enough sharing of information with security here that a you know, a high-ranking security person should be able to also have that information to present it, and you not have to bring in Freud and the, like, level of, like, mood whiplash, almost, that that brings with it. Because this is, again, much like Brainstorm in the first issue, this is a character who's got a lot of baggage from the first series, and you maybe want to think about that a little bit. And it does kind of feel like... You know, they Googled up, they they plugged in Transformers Psychiatrist and went with the character who showed up in the results. And I feel like Brainstorm, they just sort of went on TF Wiki and plugged in Scientist into into the search. And, and then maybe they were like, well, we don't want to kill off Perceptor immediately. Maybe he's getting another new toy soon. Uh. Yeah, it's like, but, but like with Freud, like, one, his character design matches the old comic, which does not match all these toy-based guys. Yes, I mean, if, comic, if you recall, his, his design, he's really got a very, like, prime-feeling design. Well, he's prime sound wave with a different hand, yeah. basically. So he he does really, like, not... Especially because everyone else here is so, like, the current toy Boxy. line has a pretty specific feel to it uh, that he does not fit into. So, yeah, he stands out that way. And also, again, he stands out because he's a terrifying villain. It also, like, but it is playing to the old shit, because, like, he makes an offhand remark that, like, 
all he has is like four people that he could not work with because they were just too bad, including Quake. Oh, and one of them, well, if you would let me work with him again, oh, maybe I could fix him. Which is like hinting, oh, maybe he does have a secret crazy lunatic he wants to work with or something. But, mm-hmm. uh, why, why, why? This is so much baggage to bring up for like a two-page info dump about, ooh, Quake is is a psychopath who loves to kill people. Yeah, I mean, basically it is just an info dump. They they needed a psychiatrist character for an info dump, and here you go. So yeah, it's, I mean, yes, they they may have wanted to lean a little bit into a creepy, crooked psychiatrist, my favorite kind. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a little jarring seeing him show up. Yes. Uh, especially because almost everyone else in the series is so, like, 1984. Well, no, it's... it's the thing is, like, a lot of the characters, about half of the characters are all... No, probably more than half. Are, like, to sell toys, to sell the current toys. They look right. like the current models and current toys. Well, presumably Bumblebee is going to have a toy that converts to his, like, G1 Cybertronian car hover thingy. Yes. That's how he looks in the comic. Everybody else is, like, really toy-based. Except for Freud, who looks like last series. Rubble, who presumably maybe will become a different character. Maybe he'll become Rumble or Frenzy or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. He's just this little boxy guy who hasn't picked an alt mode yet. And oh, Geo Modus, is that the guy? Yeah, the that's our new character here. Who It yeah, feels um... like it feels like they introduced like a super queeny rainbow colored Autobot and declared him to be the first gay Autobot. Like Yeah, well um, This is not what, what a the characteristic like, that has never shown up before this is just the first time someone's decided to make that the defining characteristic which is yeah, actually um, a step back crud what what did it was like non-neurotypical or some what the heck was the term uh, i can't remember Most in people. the comic i'm well, they don't call him in the comic. In the in the interviews, they called him something. Because huh. in the comic, he's just a guy who who's in Rubble's room and puts down little, um, well, basically D&D dice, although one of them's round. And he must stare at them. Otherwise, he gets nervous, they say. Well, they're, they're basically they like a, a comfort focus for him. There's something that, you know, they they do specifically mention that he's, you know, in an unfamiliar space. And this is something that yeah. makes him feel better, you know, makes him feel more comfortable, which is, you know, absolutely a legitimate thing. Uh, again, it's really just that they have decided that this is like the character's defining characteristic when we've had yeah, characters he's... on the spectrum before. Oh, oh, they, they call them neurodivergent, which I don't know what the exact definition of that is. Yeah. But somewhere on the spectrum kind of thing. Yeah. But like. Saying, oh, it's the first. Okay. Now, let's even just ignore, like, even Rubble, who seems a little off. Like, they could be a little autistic or something. But other series, like, the previous series and all the odd characters. Yes. I mean, 
even going abilities and problems of their own. But ignoring that, go transmutate. <laughs> yes, let's go back transmutate to transmutate. Is very not the normal transformer, right? In, in thought processing and com- claiming this little guy who. Could have been any other transfer. You could have made this hound. He's just a green guy who's in an office and walks away at taking his little objects with him. Right. His little uh, new platonic solids. Yes. The best It could solids. have been an existing transformer you just give a new personality to, or there's a shitload of G1 guys who don't have much of a personality to begin with. Right. You could have just glued it on. But no, let's make a new character whose design also kind of doesn't fit everybody else and is not going to get a toy. Mm-hmm. To, like, and, and claim it's the first neurodivergent. Why? Why? I mean, inclusivity, yeah, that's good, but James Roberts did that without calling that shit out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it is <laughs> it is just very much like making the diversity the entire defining point of the character and that's you know much like this kind of story in general something we were supposed to be passed by now uh it's and and also we already have rubble who does seem slightly different than Mm -hmm. the other transformers i mean it's just because they're young and they're more observant the the previous series Soundwave had synesthesia so like yes let's not talk about how this is the first i mean it's the first one to have such a significant uh you know autistic quality like this you know this specific form in which it takes you know i i would say certainly any of the the characters who seem to be on the spectrum previously would be classified as very high functioning uh and this uh, is one except for transmutate yeah uh so i would say that you know this is maybe the first one we've had who is very you know not at that level of functioning of say nautica uh, who I think James Roberts specifically oh, yeah, called, you know, called out as being supposed to be a little Asperger'sy, uh, and yeah. you know she would be counted as that very sort of high functioning. So this is probably the first one where it's so much a part, like it, it seems like it, a disability. I'll be honest, it's <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we we've only had them for like a few pages, right? But. It seems like that is his character. Right. Like, with, with Nautica, her being Asperger's is just, it's part of her, but it's not her character. Yeah, it's like a way you would explain, you know, sort of her, how how she works, you know. But, but yeah, this is very much, like I said, it's like doing up a character and all rainbows in camp it's like taking prime starscream and putting him in rainbows <laughs> it's like we no rainbow knockout yes or rainbow knockout well knockout i mean knockout isn't as camp as starscream no, no i mean well yeah he, he's been made more explicitly gay in, in subsequent fiction but yes in the show although he's he's a 
he's sliding slightly into the the, the comedy gay character yes. in Prime as we're watching. But um, again, but this is what I mean about it being the character versus being a characteristic. Yeah, I mean, okay, I I have a pitch for this comic <laughs> and how to make it three issues shorter. Well, two issues shorter. Get rid the of the last issue, two issues. Yes, pretty much. Like uh, it begins. Brainstorm's dead. Mm-hmm. That's the beginning of the comic. Yes. Then, well, like, somebody finds it, Rubble doesn't have to be anybody, and then, like, throughout the course of the comic, you bring in this uh, neurodivergent character, who I'd say would be Rubble, because Rubble's cuter, instead of Geomotus. Mm-hmm. Have them be the main character, and the comic is them investigating this crime, and then discovering other shit around that with the Megatron crap. Right. From this point, like, start with shit happening. Right. And continue with with focusing on the shit happening. Not, like, oh, I like Rubble, but, like, his tour guiding of, oh, this is Cybertron. Oh, look, there's a Titan. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, here's some fucking monkeys. Oh, are you going to pick an alt mode yet? That's interesting. That would be interesting in a novel. Yeah. You could, you could read that quicker. Right. <laughs> Whereas the comic, like, nothing's fucking happened. I f- really. feel like... And I think this kind of goes back to, you know, various things I've said before about problems that tend to pop up frequently with writers who just aren't familiar or, you know, not necessarily comfortable in the setting. I kind of wonder if he expects the world building here to be so impressive that he doesn't think to actually also add a story like if we're just supposed to be driven by the the awe and wonder of cybertron uh and i'd like to point out that the whole little i guess it's a big reveal on the last page with codexia being the sort of creator character they've mentioned and her being like merged with the planet and i feel have mentioned that oh that that was weird Although that that was weird because it gave me a vibe of, oh, which season of Game of Thrones is this where a brand finds a guy glued to a tree? <laughs> yes. Well, I'm I'm thinking for uh, to go back to my my nuking San Francisco thing uh, of <laughs> you know doing something in a Transformers comic that you think is really super out there that actually has been done previously. My thought here is Vector Sigma and or Marvel Comics Primus, who was a giant face in the wall. Well, Boltax. Yeah, or Boltax. You know, I mean, we could go back to Spanner being built into the bridge in the smelting pool. You oh, know. Yeah. Spanner, now that was, that was an odd trick. Like, ah, uh, this comic, like, it seems excited about, oh, the world building, but most of the world building is like, oh, this is Cybertron as we know it, except, oh, here's somebody rooted into a crystal wall. Right. Which doesn't seem that interesting, really. Like, compared to other things that we've seen around Cybertron thing. in the past, like I said, yeah, for instance, we've seen a lot of weird shit. A disco ball, uh, a giant <laughs> face that some, for some reason, looks vaguely like Hot Rod. Uh, yeah, we've there. There's been a lot of weird stuff inside, like at the core of Cybertron, and occasionally those have been things that, you know, Primes have 
gone to see Oracle style like this. And it's really okay. It's like, okay, so, like, I am sort of curious <laughs> if, if this world building is just supposed to be so, like, fascinating that that's supposed to be, like, the, the driving point of tension, the thing that keeps you reading is to see, like, what other crazy twist is, is gonna be going on with this world, and... Well, if there was that's... a twist... Uh-huh. Like, I, I was first, like, after the first two issues, I was thinking, oh, this is just being written for the trade, and, and like, it's entirely in trade format, the way it's set up. Everything's five-issue story, <laughs> like, the the beginning, the the, the basic three-act structure. Right. Only we're at, we're at issue three, and like Act Two has not fucking started yet. Is this supposed to be the mommy getting killed moment? Because this is not the mommy getting killed moment. Something I I don't know. We we haven't even had the the save the cat moment yet. Maybe that's issue five. Yeah, I do also kind of wonder if uh, and this is tied a little bit to something I was thinking about from something someone else said about the toys about it being a 12 issue arc because it's just supposed to last you know the the length of the siege toy line and i'm oh, really yeah. wondering mm -hmm. if like the cool. reason idw had to you know their previous universe had to die was because it wasn't based enough around selling toys and they were like why are we even gonna have comics if they're not just going to exist to sell our toys and i think maybe what they were missing was maybe a they should have been like making <laughs> making toys based on those comics then <laughs> yes <'Cause... laughs> that's thing a yeah like and maybe like, having a comic to sell toys isn't going to help if the comic is super boring and nobody cares about any of those characters. Well, also, like, well, part of the problem is... I mean, that, again, like, I don't care it, it, about this Windblade, and it takes a lot to make me not care about Windblade. Oh, yeah, it's weird. Did you remember she was in this? Because she's, she's in it. Jerk. <laughs> yes. She's in it for, like, a few pages, and she, she's... Her only characteristic is shooting at monkeys and being a jerk. Yeah. But like, well, an another problem is like, okay, make it more about to sell toys, although toys sell themselves because they're transformers, and we have some. We're selling toys from a goddamn cartoon. What does the comic do? And they're very exciting. Buys the comic that does it. Problem is, this is this is another cycle of oh, we're back to doing. Here's Optimus and Megatron and all the basic G1 guys again. Yeah. So we've reset to square one toy-wise, so there's not a lot of interesting new characters unless you... Wait, where the hell are the Minicons in this comic? <gasps> or Micromasters? That's a good there question. There are no Micromasters. I love Micromasters. There are no Micromasters. They're good and there's, small. There's, there's no... Uh, none of the um Target Masters or anything. There's none of the fun stuff of the toys right now. Maybe they didn't want them to bother with sub-$20 toys. <laughs> I, I don't that's depressing. Yeah. Well, but then why why the fuck is Quake in this comic too? He doesn't have a recent toy. Well, recent recent enough toy. Maybe he's toys, got one coming uh, out. Maybe he's got a new one coming out. Well, no, but it, the model they got in there is the um the what is it the hardhead? 
I think it was mm, version. Yeah, was the, the redeco hardhead. hardhead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he's just gonna play it's, a bit part. Maybe he's really just there to be like you know, like brainstorm to serve a plot purpose and not really. But be there was like two pages of backstory on him. He's going to do something, or he's pointless. Like. He, he's had a character introduction. He is not just the slipknot of this Suicide Squad. What is this, some <laughs> kind of Suicide Squad comic? So, yeah, it's... it's uh, it continues to be really boring. Uh, it just... Like, there are very interesting stories that you can tell in this time period. I mean, we had War Within. We had... Chaos theory. Uh, we've had good stories yeah. in this time period, but they generally have something to say. And this doesn't really, uh, you know, it, it talks about violence, but it doesn't seem to really have anything to say about it. Uh, and yeah, well, I mean, again, we're spoiled coming off a comic book where, you know, <laughs> there's all this like, Russian revolutionary imagery to it and Megatron, you know, being this like warrior poet with all these big ideas who had like basically just had the, the peacefulness beaten out of him. And it, it was very, it had a lot to say and this doesn't really have anything to say at all. And it's disappointing. Yeah, like, like I mean, hell, we could pitch better ideas. Like, nothing's happening. We don't, don't know what, other than eventually this is going to lead up to the Autobot Decepticon War in a year, probably, or maybe not even then. Oh, God. We don't know where the hell this comic is going. Yeah. But nowhere like, fast. I mean, we could, we could spitball better ideas. Like, okay, every issue is like a Marvel two in one. Yeah. Two characters pair up, maybe an Autobot Decepticon before the war, interactions they have. You can have an overarching story in the background, but you focus in on characters. And you do it, and you build, yeah. instead of whatever the hell this is slowly building out of, I don't know, a house of cards. Yeah, it's it's just sort of meandering while, you know, the world building is set up like it's eye candy when it's really just sort of, you know, okay, yep, I know what Cybertron looks yeah. like. This is a slight variation on yeah, the... Dozen of ci dozen Cybertrons I have seen in other settings. So yeah, it's it continues to be what it is. Uh, I guess we will we will have Rob talking with us about the Gobots comic. Maybe that's more exciting. Maybe that has more to say about like society, and maybe that has literary I, themes. I I am getting more excited for something to come, but um, I'm getting more excited to review Death's Head comics. <gasps> yes, that's going to be very exciting. I mean, yeah, when, once once Death's Head comes out, <laughs> the Transformers segment, comic segments of this, this podcast might become a lot shorter. Yes, well, <laughs> I imagine unless this quality of this improves markedly, it's going to get to a point where we're just like, yep, still boring. Still up its own ass about its world building. Still boring. Unless the writer pulls pulls out something magnificent and impressive. I mean, I like guess. like issue five or six. Or, or we get artists who are like, dazzle us like Keizama or Nick Roach or something. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, I guess that's one way to write for the trade is just to have something that where nothing interesting <laughs> happens until issue five or six. Yeah. That's not a good way to write comics. Don't do that, people. No, no. No, because writers who come in from other disciplines can actually write good comics. It doesn't happen that often, but like it has been proven it can happen. Go pick us up something solid in Ahmed is written for Marvel. Oh my god, it's like that guy's been writing for thirty years in comics. Yeah. Like he, he gets he gets comics. He gets Marvel. Yeah. Like this world building is already there. Just play with the toy. This feels like a job. This feels uh, like yeah, a uh, job. Yeah. This is some licensed thing that I don't know. Maybe he had some bills to pay, so he pitched it. Maybe his agent was like, hey, you should pitch this. Because I, I got my bills to pay. I don't know. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's like, what is, what is he trying to say? What, what is the big idea? I, I mean, even if you're just doing this as a job, wouldn't you like throw something impressive in there? His throwing something impressive in there is, oh, I can use TF Wiki? Yeah. I mean, so? James Roberts did it so much better. Holy crap. Oh, it's, he spoiled us. Yeah. James Roberts, you've ruined us. He really has. <laughs> he, I mean, I, that's the thing at the time was Robots in Disguise and then later Optimus Prime was like, this would be really good if it was being compared to like, I don't know, Mike Costa or something, but like compared to the <clears throat> James Roberts and the Wrecker stuff and all, this is just okay. Uh, I would absolutely love to have any single thing that, you know, uh, John Barber or Margaret Scott or anyone else oh, wrote. Oh. It doesn't even just oh, have to be James Roberts. It's just everyone was so good and now we have this and it feels well, like uh... it was by executive decree from Hasbro and it just, it hurts. But, you know, again, I think, all that old stuff is still there. It's not like an MMO where the update just patches over all the old content. Yeah, I I, I think that it would really have helped if, the, like, this was co-written by, like, any one of the previous writers. A writer. <laughs> like, to help them along. Like, like, telling you, you can move the story along. You don't have to just tread water for three issues. Right. Right. So yeah, that's uh that's Transformers twenty nineteen number three. Uh we continue to yeah. endure it. Uh it continues to be really uninteresting and forgettable, despite seeming to think that it's being super like new and exciting. It's just the entire the the entire storyline, the entire trade, the the trade hardcover should just be called Transformers Nuking San Francisco. Um, <laughs> transform I'm trying to think of a good tra Transformers um stagnation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to find a good Asian word. Yes, that's a that is actually excellent A plus. Uh so yeah, we will uh we will have Rob talking. Uh, hopefully shortly. Uh, otherwise, hopefully. we will also be back. We'll 
be back in a, a week or two or three whenever they put yeah, out more whatever. of this or whenever there's other exciting stuff to talk about. Uh, just yeah. uh, keep your podcast reader directed towards us. Uh, we are hosted by iaconunderground.net, uh, where we have a Patreon set up for our hosting costs. And that is at patreon.com slash iaconunderground. Uh, so that's that's it for this week. <laughs> Anything exciting to add, David? Uh, no, I'm just try- trying to figure out guest co-host for our other, other podcast. Yes. And schedule time to actually record it, because, uh, I don't know, this month's been a little Schedules wonky. are hard. <laughs> Alright, well, until next time, this has been Jen. And David. Good night. Underground Radio is hosted by IaconUnderground.net. We are listener-supported through Patreon, where you can help us cover the cost of running this show and our other podcast, Stasis Pod, at patreon.com slash IaconUnderground. We are on Twitter at IaconUG, Tumblr at IaconUnderground.tumblr.com, and Facebook at facebook.com slash IaconUnderground.